Welcome to Gravetop Church. I'm your host, Homer Hargrove. And in today's message, we're starting a new series called Here I Am. And this whole month, we're going to be talking about how to unpack the idea of servanthood and humility as Christians. And today, specifically, we're going to look at the topic of lose yourself. And what we're really going to, the main idea of what we're talking about today is realizing how fulfilling your life can be when it's no longer just about you. And I think that one of the biggest questions that we have as Christians, I mean, in life in general, is what's my purpose? What is my purpose in life? And so often we try to find fulfillment to that question by filling this void with selfish desires and selfish ideas. We perceive that we're supposed to be quote unquote blessed um, by the by the idea of make being made prominent among our peers, by being more superior than others. And we end up chasing the world's concept of fulfillment by through chasing vanity and chasing fortune and fame. But Christ's guidance is actually contrary to the idea of what we want in the world, and that is of humility and servanthood. And so today we're going to talk about what it is to find your purpose as a Christian. We're going to unpack the concept of humility and how incredibly necessary it is for life and even for the idea of success. And we're going to look at Jesus's command to serve others and learn what that means practically. How can we live that out? And at the end of this message, I'm going to show you how your purpose is incredibly unique and it's fulfilled in the way that you serve others. The reason that this is so important to talk about is because many of us as Christians end up wandering through our faith. We wander through life aimlessly feeling unfulfilled in our lives. It's so easy for our lives to become dull and boring as, as, and when it comes to our faith, it doesn't take long for us to start looking back to the world of sin and it's temporary fulfillment through pleasure. And we, if, if we don't find meaning and purpose to our faith, we will end up just going back to where we started. And your faith, I mean, don't you want a faith and a life that feels passionate, that feels like the abundant life that Jesus promised? Well, it is found through humility and serving others. And as counterintuitive as that sounds, let's get started by understanding what it means to be humbly blessed. Humbly blessed. Everything good in life comes through humility. Look what it says in Matthew 10, 37 through 39. It says, if you love your father or mother more than you love me, this is Jesus talking, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. See, I want us to understand that Jesus is talking as a hyperbole, right? When he's saying, if you love your father or mother more than me, then you're not worthy. If you love your life more than me, he's using hyperboles in order to prove a point. For example, he does this a lot throughout the Gospels, um, like when he tells, you, tells us, if your hand causes you to sin, then cut it off so that it doesn't lead you to hell. He's making a point. He's not telling us to literally cut off our hands but he's making, he's using a hyperbole to prove a point. And, and the idea of, of what he's saying, 
you have to lose yourself in order to find yourself. You have to lose your life and you will find your life. And, and he uses the things that we care about most in order to try to ex exemplify what, what he's saying. He's saying, if you love your father and mother more than me, you're not worthy. And I, I think that you, you must understand that when you chase Jesus, it inevitably makes everything else in your life better. It, it's, it seems complicated, you know, like that doesn't work. But as an example, uh, for the first, I remember when my wife and I first got married, we were Christians and it was uh, when we got one of our first fights and we're in that moment where you're kind of like, you're mad at each other. You're not really talking. It's awkward and uncomfortable. And you're just sitting there in silence, stewing about one another. And as we were sitting there, I just started praying in my head saying, God, what am I supposed to do from here? I just had no concept of, of what I needed to do. And I said, God, what am I supposed to do? And seeing that moment, I was putting God first. I was trying to seek God. And in that simple moment where it, I, I looked to God instead of even tr in trying to engage a conversation with my wife. And first, I put Jesus first. And in that moment, I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to love her as he lo has loved me. And, and that was through redemptive and forgiving love. And I, I felt like this very sobering moment in which I realized that love was an action and a choice. And as I, see, as I sought Jesus... It caused me to where in that moment after I, after I looked for him, I ended up just embracing my wife, holding her. And we just had this really sweet moment where we ended up just work, being able to work things out just through this simple, redemptive and forgiving love. And see, I wasn't able to find that just on my own. Is when I looked to Jesus, he caused me to be a better man. And that's what happens to me as a parent, as a dad, as a, as a husband, as a Christian, in every form, even as a worker, as, a, as any role that I could carry, when I put Jesus first, it caused me causes me to become a better person for each of those roles. When I put Jesus above my wife, I am able to be a better husband for her. The same for my kids. I mean, look at the fruits of the spirit. You talk about if I've ever needed to call out for patience and long suffering and endurance, it was as a dad with my kids. And there's those moments where I want to lose my cookies and I'm about to lose it. But then when I seek Jesus and the Holy Spirit, uh, it beckons me for patience, causes me to calm down. Well, then because I put Jesus first before my kids, I end up becoming a better father for them. And it takes this concept of humility in pursuit. And I want us to grasp that everything unhealthy in life comes naturally. Every single thing in unhealthy in life comes naturally. You could just sit there and do nothing and eventually you will smell. It, it, anything beneficial has to usually be earned through some type of sacrifice, no matter how small, some type of give. And denying the sweets, see, it's denying your flesh, that's humility, is for a reward. It is for something better. Going on that run, or even just simply choosing to floss, you are choosing to die to self in order to be a better person, in order to, to grow, uh, to, to bless your body, you have to die to your body. I mean, last time you floss, think about it. when's the last time you floss? You have your dentist ask you that and you answer, you should know, dentist, you were there. It, it's the idea that we don't want to do certain things, but when we do them, 
It is a little sacrifice. It's a little humility, but it ends up blessing us. See, all of those things, they take a level of doing something that you don't necessarily want to do at first. But the decision to do them anyway is the decision to deny yourself in order to better yourself. To me, this is the essence of what humility is. And knowing that you could do something or not do something, but choosing to go against your flesh for something better. Humility. And as it is with small things, if we can understand that for small things, so it is with big things. If we can understand the cost and reward of flossing, can't we grasp the idea of choosing holiness, the concept of choosing humility and servanthood, that we may deny our flesh, but we will re reap a great reward in choosing to follow Christ over anything that you are that that you're used that you used to might it, it might feel intimidating at first to choose Christ above all else. But it really boils down to whether or not you can find the hope, the faith to trust Jesus or not. Because Jesus is telling us to put him first above all things and all things will work out. And so it's whether or not you can trust him at his word. That's faith. The moment that you choose to go all in for Jesus is the moment that you will realize that it is the best decision that you could ever possibly make in your life. To make him your number one priority, it positions you to see life in a completely different way. You will truly find what you're looking for in life when you look for Jesus more than, uh, above all else. And it, it leads us into the idea of finding your purpose. Finding your purpose. We are all called to serve others. That's our purpose, to serve others. How uniquely that comes out is in the details of the person. But your calling is to serve others. Look what it says in John 13, verses, 20, or verses 12 through 17. It says, After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. So Jesus just washed the disciples' feet. He's about to be taken away to the cross. And he gives this last demonstration of washing their feet. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. See, at this, this moment, see, I think that Jesus is emphasizing servanthood. See, in his last demonstration, in his teaching to his disciples, he knows he's about to be crucified. He knows that this is the last moment he's going to have together with them before he's crucified. And he chooses this demonstration for his disciples. Now, if you've ever been to church service where the pastor says, now I got one last point, and if there's anything that you catch today, it's this. See, we save the best for last whenever we're leaving. And this is a moment where Jesus leaves them with this lesson of humility and servanthood. And if, if, there's, if these are pretty much his last words to them, then perhaps it's because they're exceptionally meaningful. He's really wanting them to grasp humility and servanthood. And for us as Christians, I've, I find that 
we often get stuck, even lost, in the topic of repentance and holiness. Now, don't get me wrong. We as Christians are called to live a lifestyle of repentance. We're called to pursue holiness. But that is really just like this, a, a, founding, a, a foundational piece to the, the life that we build. We're supposed to move on. Paul describes repentance as baby milk. And so we understand that, yes, you can get that and now move on. Do your best and forget the rest. Now there's so much more to unlock as Christians. Rather than just focusing on holiness every single moment of every single day, just know that you are pursuing holiness and that there's some other things that you got to do. You could walk and chew gum, right? Well, in this, this moment where Jesus is calling all to serve others, there's not one person who is called to be isolated or disconnected from community. Rather, we are all called to be connected through the service of one another. In fact, I believe that we, are, that we all can find our unique purpose in Christ when we obey Jesus' command to serve others others to open ourselves to servanthood look at the early church in the book of acts constantly you see it say and the church served one another and that they served one another and then they gave of themselves to serve one another it is consistently showing that we ought to humble ourselves and love our neighbor as ourselves. serve one another and with that Let's talk about this last thing. If you open yourself to serving one another, what happens is you find how you are uniquely fulfilled in life. Fulfillment is found in the uniqueness of how you serve others. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 through 42, it says, Anyone who receives you receives me. And anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive a righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given the reward like theirs. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. See, Jesus is describing servanthood in each of these. He says, if you receive a prophet, if you receive someone like me, if you receive a righteous person, even the least of these, what he's saying is, if you serve them, if you serve them, then great is your reward. And notice that he starts from like the top, like a prophet, even just a good person. Well, even the least of these, if you, if you serve one of them, great is your reward in heaven. And the more that you serve, it, the more that you will realize what you enjoy doing and how to specifically serve others in a way that no one else serves others it, there's something there's this there's endless possibilities of the ways and methods in which you can serve and minister to others that's what servanthood is is ministry it's ministering to others all you have to do is make yourself available to where Jesus says, even if your ministry is giving a cup of cold water to the least of these, great is your reward in heaven. If you were to open yourself to humility, if you would humble yourself to imagine 
even the lowest thing that you could imagine serving that there's something for you to find fulfillment in. And if you allow yourself to start from the bottom and work your way up, so often people think, well, I need to be on the stage. I should be singing the, the worship. I should be leading the message. Why don't you start why, by handing out some water to people like Jesus starts here? Why don't you start with the lowly, the people that, that no one else considers worthy, why don't you start with them? There's certain people where their ministry is literally keeping a bunch of spare change in their car just to give out to to, to people in need on the corner of those uh, on the corners of those red lights. To think for a moment, you might think like, oh well, that's not a big deal. That's nothing. Consider this: that you're a person that no one even wants to look at. You're just on the side of the road with your sign, and every time there's a red light, you have dozens of people all day look away and act like you're not even human and and look away and try to avoid eye contact with you and after a while you haven't even had someone look at you in the eye as a human being but then someone rolls up and not only do they look at you they roll down their window and they they hand out this handful of change that i've been saving this just for you in fact i also brought you a mcdouble and for one moment of the day you felt like you were a human being again and someone cared about you now tell me does that not sound like ministry to you if you allow yourself to be humble enough humble enough to consider that servanthood at any capacity is a way to find your unique purpose you will definitely find your unique purpose it may start like just giving out some water to people but as you open yourself up to serving opportunities volunteering yourself you will end up finding your your precise niche. Even for me, when it came to student ministry, that became a part of my purpose because I just kept showing up to volunteer. I just I started out by moving chairs, and I've moved chairs long enough for that for that servanthood in me to to make way for part of my purpose to minister to young people. And then it it turned into now I part of my purpose is ministering to people in recovery to where. That is part of my purpose. It's something that is uniquely fulfilled. No one, no one tells me to do it, but I do it voluntarily and it fulfills my soul. It makes my faith a lot more fun because my faith is not just about me. It's about how I can serve others and more specifically, how I can serve people who are in recovery, how I can serve students, how I can serve people who have been hurt by church. See, I have found more uniqueness in my servanthood, in my ministry, because I allowed myself to be humble enough to serve the least of these. Now, the number one thing that will make you hesitate from humbling yourself, from serving in this way, is your pride. Is your pride. And pride comes out in two ways. It either comes out as an ego to where you see yourself as too superior. That that level of service is beneath me. I should have the stage light. And so pride will make you hesitate from servanthood, from humility, that through ego. The other way that pride comes out is through insecurity. See, we don't often think that insecurity is a form of pride, but it's actually the same because ego and insecurity is all about me and how I am perceived by others. See, insecurity, it will it will make you think that everyone is going to judge you. Everyone is going to criticize you. So you just keep putting off 
servanthood because you're worried about the way others think of you. Well, ego does the exact same thing, that you put off servanthood because you're worried about how others think of you. And if you can humble yourself and get pride out of the way, it doesn't necessarily matter why you hesitate. You just need to get out of your head. Don't overthink it and get yourself out there. Volunteer for something, anything. Serve somebody. It doesn't even have to be at a church. You can find your own unique way of serving others. You will never know until you try. And you have this ability. Think about it. That you have this incredible ability to make an impact in somebody's life if you were just willing to humble yourself and serve. And that you're able to make an impact not only in their life, but an impact for Christ. That you're able to show someone the hands and feet of Jesus in a way that no one else could. But you have to humble yourself and give it your best shot. And I'm telling you, I guarantee you that when you make your faith not just about you, not just about what, what God can do for you, but what about, about how God can use you to serve others, your journey will become a lot more fun. And in that, I want you to consider for a moment that in this message, as I'm sharing it, I'm talking over and over about how God has called us to serve one another, to humble ourselves. But let's make no mistake that God has not called us to humble and serve without first being humble and serving us. Because he served us first. He served you first when he laid down his life on the cross. And see, what's so glorious about the cross is that how humbling it was for Jesus to leave the throne, to go to the cross and pay for the world's sins. But in the, even though he pays for the world's sins, he paid uniquely for your sins. I mean, it's, it's amazing how personal it, the Holy Spirit makes it, how it is unique to you for your sins, the things that you have done, Jesus has died for on the cross. That you are not overlooked in that. That your sin was not too bad. That you were, were not discredited, but Jesus saw you in the uniqueness of who you are as a person in, in whatever sin it is and saw your value and your potential of relationship with him and that he wanted you in eternity that he wanted to, that that right relationship with you creation with its created and if you've never made a unique decision for christ maybe you're just kind of like raised in church or maybe you've just kind of been in and out of church in in and out of around god but you've never made an official decision, or maybe you can't remember if you did or not, but you want to today. The Bible says in the book of Romans, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is, surely you shall be saved. What it's saying is if you have a genuine heart and talk to him yourself, that that's all it takes to start this journey with him. That's all it takes to start this relationship with him. You don't even need me to lead you through a pretty prayer. You're able to talk to him yourself and thank God that he knows you so personally, intimately, and uniquely. Because even if you feel like you don't have the right words to say, he knows what you're trying to say. So again, if that's you, I urge you right now, stop what you're doing and have that conversation with Jesus today. All that being said, I'm so grateful for you guys being a part of Grave Top Online. 
If this ministry has made an impact on your life and you want to continue to help us to make an impact in other people's lives, you can do that by going to gravetopchurch.com and click the donate tab and you're able to donate online. Or you're able to donate through third-party apps like Cash App and Venmo by simply searching at Gravetop or at Gravetop Church. Uh, and on the topic of giving, we never want anyone to feel pressured or persuaded to give when they don't want to. It's something to be done out of your own heart. It's an act of worship to God, but God also uses it to make a difference for this church, to help provide the 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 needs for us to be able to fulfill the vision He's given us. And so if you want to be a part of that, those are the ways to give. Now, all that being said, I'm so grateful for you guys. Have a great rest of your day. We love you.